Score after one period here at the Mullen Center in Amherst is UMass 3, Merrimack nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy, and joining us for this first intermission is Jocko Connolly, the uh, esteemed hockey writer for the Boston Herald. And boy, Jocko, uh, you look at the shots in this period. If that, if that was the only thing that you saw, shot favored Merrimack 10 to 7. They hit a post as well. They had a two on one, and it was broken up. They didn't score on a goal waved off on the high stick. But UMass with three goals on three pretty plays and a commanding lead after one. Well, yeah, it's actually, uh, you might want to say it's uncharacteristic for UMass. That's been their problem all year is being able to finish. And tonight they're certainly showing their opportunistic side, uh, cashing in whenever they get the opportunity. Uh, I thought they've they've done some diligent work along the boards and in the corner uh, a couple of times. Uh, uh, once Pereira stealing the puck uh, in, in the corner leading to one goal. And then uh, Sherry, uh, you know, curling back in the neutral zone and making a big interception. And, and of course, uh, uh, Merrimack uh, didn't cover the back door, man. And that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, a, a real, a real big, uh, you know, situation that they're going to have to correct, uh, you know, if they're going to get back in this game. Well, you got a couple of clubs here that are battling, trying to see if, if one of them can get into that home ice position. Uh, kind of strange with the scheduling this year, but everybody makes the playoffs, but 9, 10, 11 are going to have to go on the road to 8, 7, and 6. So I guess you want to see if you can get out of that bottom three, right? Right, and, and also, you know, the way it's shaping up now is, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to finish in last and have to maybe play BC at their place with all their firepower. And then if you, if you finish second last, and you might have to face a, a really knockdown, lockdown defensive-style team like UMass Lowell or somebody, uh, Providence with the big goalie. Uh, uh, so it, it's, it's uh, you know, a chance for a lot of these teams with nine games left to eight or nine games left in the season to really make some noise and move up and try to improve their, uh, you know, their capability. You know, it's always said defense wins championships, right? Goaltending and, you know, the clubs with great goaltending have the best chance, but it just seems more and more lately in college hockey, you got to be able to score goals. The teams that score goals are the teams that are at the top of the league, and no question, BC scores a lot of goals. BC's running away, running away with the league. Actually, uh, and that's, uh, that's true. In fact, Mark Dennehy uh, was talking about that uh, outside the locker room before the game, and he was mentioning how, uh, I, I guess, uh, when Merrimack scores three, three you know, three or, or fewer, they're uh, you know oh, oh, two two or fewer excuse me they're they're oh, 12 and three in the season when they when they score three goals or more they're six oh, they're six and oh so he said three's the, the you know been the number of, pretty much for the last twenty years in college hockey uh, because you know the goalies are getting so big so good uh, you know it's uh, the sports become a twenty four seven year round you know uh, athletic endeavor and and there's goalie camps and and, and just uh, players are bigger stronger there's less room to shoot at and uh, and so, I mean, goals are really at a premium. So if, if you have some real snipers, I mean, it can really make the difference. I feel like it's been a strange season, too, in Hockey East. I mean, we've been used to for a long time. I mean, this is really, I think, this change that was brought on by the Big Ten is, is probably the biggest change in, in Hockey East, maybe going back 25 years or so ago when the, the interlocking schedule with the WCHA ended. But now you've got a case where you, know, you go from playing a bunch of league games, maybe three or four weeks in a row, all of a sudden you might not see a league game for six weeks six or seven weeks and then you're back in the league it seems like it's kind of difficult for some teams to establish a rhythm yeah actually scheduling wise it all, it's almost like a throwback to the uh, original ECAC which uh, you know started around 61 62 and you had uh, you know a, as many as 27 teams and one year they had three three uh, three divisions um, and, and it ran it ranged from Colby which was the first regular season champion right. people forget that and, 
and then uh, you know, uh, and, and it's just um, you know, you played you know a variety of teams, and and you, you might play uh, you know your, your main rival in in, uh, in early November, and you wouldn't play them again until March. So it's uh, it's really it's interesting. I think it's, a, it's something the fans will have to you know have a little time to get used to. But it's a nice variety. I think it it gives you a, a lot more opportunity to schedule teams that maybe some of the fans don't see on a regular basis. I know Denver came in here on one of our snowstorm nights and played uh, played UMass here, so that was that was pretty unique. And then, of course, last week uh, UMass played uh, the Yellow Jackets of AIC here. So I think it does give a little variety, breaks it up. But uh, you know, I, I think now down the down the, the stretch run to the playoffs, we'll see all the legal opponents. So now you'll now you'll see the real nitty gritty. I guess it's more like other sports in that regard, right? I, mean, I suppose like basketball. That seems to be the case where you, you load up on the non-league games earlier in the season, and then down the stretch, the last month and a half or two months is all league. Yeah, and I and I think obviously with a, a little schedule flexibility, it gives you more opportunity to bring in those marquee opponents, and you know maybe they'll give an opportunity for. Uh, well, in the past, you know, you, you know, teams from around here might want to schedule a Notre Dame, and now maybe uh, some of the teams here will. You know, we, we won't see some of the uh, the teams from the, that national conference or, or uh, the Big Ten as much. So maybe uh, you know they can work the schedule around and bring in some of the big, big, uh, you know, big school opponents and, and, and uh, you know maybe get, get some bigger crowds in the building. Well, from what you've seen so far, we mentioned BC. They're running away with it at this point. Northeastern's a big surprise too, and and they don't show any signs of faltering. Uh, how do you think things are going to shake out here down the stretch? Well, um, you know, certainly the Northeastern has been impressive because of their their ability to sustain their their, their early season start. Uh, they, you know, of course, with them, the big difference uh, coming into the season, a big question mark, I should say, coming into the season was the goaltender, and, and certainly Junior Clay Witt has been, the, you know, their guy, and he's really filled the void for them after the graduation of Chris Rawling. So uh, I think that's really uh, carried them a little bit. Um, plus, they've had an infusion of some freshmen, uh, uh, Smatsula and, Snyder, and of course, Snyderman, the junior, has come back to good health. And, and they, so they, they, they've improved their speed as well. Um, down the stretch, again, it's, uh, you know, these, these, these weekends are really getting, you know, uh, you know nail biters because, uh, you know, you don't wait till the last weekend because you only have the 20-game schedule. So if you can win one this week or maybe get a sweep, it might get you on a roll where, where you only have eight games left in, in the regular season and uh, that's uh, while it is a nice role to get on it, it, it maybe uh, 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 maybe an average type team could could sustain it for that eight games and really improve the position well, Johnny Goudreau before I let you go just want to ask about him he seems to be a, I'm sure you've had a chance to see him play even more than we have but uh, he's running away in, in my opinion with player of the year I, I, I thought maybe neck and neck with John Gillies there but the numbers that Goudreau's putting up are just astronomical I guess my question to you is where do you think he stands nationally is there anybody else in, in the race there at this point for Obi. Well, I think Gary, Gary uh, Greg Gary up at St. Lawrence has a, you know has a good shot too. Uh, I got to be careful uh, which candidates I mention because I'm on the committee. But um, certainly, uh, I think uh, his body of work, uh, even though it's a one-year award, I, I think a lot of uh, people around the country tend to, especially the coaches, will look at the body of work, uh, uh, what he's done over the last two or three years, and, and and what he did in the World Junior Tournament last year, leading leading it in goals. Uh, so I mean, uh, certainly, uh, you know, he'd have to be considered someone with a with a great chance. But uh, the the interesting thing about John, uh, watching him is, you know, as everybody knows, he's not that big a player, but he, his vision on the ice is so good. And the amazing thing is when he gets the puck, how he turns his body and shields the the puck from the from the you know the defensive player 
and yet he has that uncanny ability to know everything that's going on behind him. And he makes so many plays all with the backhand blind pass. It really is remarkable to, to watch him uh, game in, game out. All right, Jackal. Thanks for your time as always. It's good to see you folks. Check out his work in the Boston Herald, and he'll have a story in the game tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike. All right, Jack O'Connolly from the Boston Herald, our guest here in the first intermission. But the score, UMass 3, Merrimack nothing. Back with more after this. This is live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.